<clears throat> Good evening. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here tonight. We want to thank you for, for, for being here with us. If you are visiting with us, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us tonight to study God's Word. It's our hope and our prayer that the things that we study tonight will be a benefit to us, will be edifying to us, will help us in our Christian walk as we strive to study God's Word together, that any time that we study God's Word, it's a benefit to our lives. It will edify us and it will help improve our lives studying God's Word. Tonight we are continuing our study in the book of John. We are on John chapter 7. John chapter 7, we're going to do verses 1 through 30. Lord willing, next week, Brother Nathan will, will complete the rest of that, John, John chapter 7. But tonight I want us to focus on John chapter 7, verses 1 through 30. Tonight I'm going to have most of the verses up here on the board. We're going to be looking at the King James Version. There's going to be a few times that we're going to look at some verses from the New King James Version so we can better understand and get that clarity that we need. John chapter 7, verses 1 through 30. If you recall Nathan's lesson, just Sunday, it was more about Jesus. And guess what we get to do tonight? We get to study more about Jesus. There's always more about Jesus that we can study, more about Jesus that we can learn. It's a wonderful opportunity and a blessing for us to be here tonight to get the opportunity to look at Jesus and study more about Jesus tonight. If you're curious, I do have my map. I hope you are excited. I'm very excited about my map. It's back tonight. So if you were looking forward to the map, you're in for a treat because it's going to be here twice. We're going to look at where Jesus sat and where he's going tonight so we can make sure we understand that location as we're studying John chapter 7. But before I go to John chapter 7, I want to recap just a little bit John chapter 6. If you were here with us last Wednesday night, and the Wednesday before that, Brother Jason and Brother Aaron covered John chapter 6. Brother Jason covered the first part of John chapter 6, covered about Jesus there walking on water and Jesus there feeding the 5,000 and that miracle and those things that came about from that miracle and then them going across the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias. We're going to talk about that some. And then Aaron completing that, talking about where Jesus was teaching about his flesh, how Jesus was teaching about, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And he was teaching those people in the synagogue, and he was teaching those people in, in Capernaum. And I want us to make sure we understand where Jesus was when, when he was doing that teaching, how he was speaking figuratively. And if you recall, several times already in, John or in the book of John, in the previous chapters, Jesus has been doing that a lot. When he spoke to the woman at the well, if you recall that, he said that I... I am the living water. I would give you living water. Well, he wasn't speaking about actual water. He was speaking about that Jesus is that living water. He is the well of sores, the well of water. And that's kind of what he was teaching there with those people there in John chapter 6, where he was saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. We didn't physically mean that. He was just talking about these spiritual things. He's trying to get these people to, to see and understand. And there's many that said that that was a hard saying, and they followed him no more. So Jesus is going about his teaching. He's tell, uh, telling them that he is that water. He is that body. He is that blood. He has the words of, of eternal life. And I want us to recap that in the New King James Version right at the end of John chapter 6. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to John chapter 6 beginning in verse 67. Verse 67 through 71. John chapter 6 verse 67 <clears throat> through 71. The Bible says in the New King James Version, Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Because as we talked about, after he taught those things, many people went away. They didn't follow him anymore. Verse 68 in John chapter 6, But Peter, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you 
at Juju the twelve, and one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. So as we recap that, we understand that many people had a hard time understanding what it was that Jesus was trying to teach. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. We're going to read those verses later on too as we continue the book of John. But it's the way that the New King James Version put it here. It says that in verse 68, Peter saying, We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We have come to know. You know, they believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. We studied that in John chapter 1 and John chapter 2, that they believed that that was, that was the Christ. And John the Baptist was pretty much telling his disciples, like, go follow him now. But the way Peter says it here, he's like, now we have come to know. Now we have come to believe. They believe, but their, their belief is more strong. It's more firm. And why is that? Because these men have spent time with Jesus Christ. They have seen the miracles that he has done. They've listened to the teachings that he has done. And through that time spent with the Lord and Savior, they have come to know that he is truly Christ, the Son of the living God. And they didn't fully understand what was going on either when they were talking about in John chapter 6 about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Those apostles there, those disciples later on in Acts, they were still a little confused about the physical kingdom and ruling over physical kingdom. They didn't understand 100%. But spending time with Jesus Christ, they had come to know that he was Christ, the Son of the living God. And I, and, and there's, and, and I feel like there's people out there today that sometimes feel that they, they need to know everything about Jesus and need to know everything about the Bible for they can make that step towards Jesus and that is not the case these men believed Simon Peter confessed that belief and they didn't fully understand everything but spending time with Jesus Christ is how we get to know Jesus Christ and how we get to know him is through his word and studying his word and I, I just want to bring those thoughts and I hope those thoughts are in, in, in encouraging to you as we think about that and roll in here to John chapter 7. John chapter 7 beginning verse 1 the Bible says, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee for he would not walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews feast of tabernacles <clears throat> was at hand. So there's three things that I want us to study and kind of look and dissect here in these first two verses that one, Jesus is staying in Galilee and he's not going down to Judea. Why does he need to go down to, to, to Judea? And why is he staying in Galilee? And we're going to look at those things. Two, the Jews sought to kill him. Do you remember why they sought to kill Jesus? If you, if you don't, we're going to go back to John chapter 5 and study that because Jesus makes reference here in John chapter 7 to that event that happened that's making those Jews want to kill him. And then I, I, want, I want also, also to look at the Feast of the, uh, uh, the, the, feast of the uh, Tabernacles what, and, and what that was about and how that was important to those Jews. So here in John chapter 6, going back to John chapter 6 for just a moment, verse 24 through 59, just so we make sure we understand exactly where Jesus is. The Bible says in verse 24 of John chapter 6, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither were his disciples, they also took shipping, or they got on boats, and they came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And all that teaching that Jesus was doing about his body and his flesh, and he, and he is in the, in the blood there, it says there in verse 59, These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So I just wanted to understand that's where he's at right now. He's in Capernaum. And there it is. If you're excited, I'm glad. So here's the map. It's my favorite map. Jesus here is in Capernaum. So right here, if, if you recall in John chapter 6 that Aaron did 
right there. It also talks about that they went over the Sea of Galilee, which is also called the Sea of Tiberias. So that's labeled here. That's this spot. Sea of Galilee, Lake of Tiberias. It's the same, it's the same spot. It's, it's the same location. They crossed over. That's where Jesus walked on water. That's where that miracle was going on there. And he's in Capernaum. And the teaching that he just did, he did in Capernaum. Now here it's just saying that he stayed in Galilee. And he could have come down here a little bit towards Nazareth. And I'll tell you why I think that that might be because his brethren kind of talked to him here in just a moment. But regardless, he's staying there in Galilee and he's not coming down to Judea. And in Judea, just, just so we, we, we remember, we understand is where Jerusalem is. And that's important that right now he's appeared in Galilee, but we're talking about Judea some in this chapter in that span there. That if you remember, the woman at the well was right here. Now he's at Capernaum, crossed over. That's where he's at. And stay tuned, I will have that map up again. Leviticus chapter 23, I want to encourage you to go back and study Leviticus chapter 23. As Nathan pointed out in his lesson Sunday morning, which is kind of complimenting these books, these studies of, of John as well, is we talked about some of the feasts that are going on. And these feasts were very important to the Jews. There were some feasts that the Jews did not neglect. They were feasts that they went to Jerusalem and they performed, they made these sacrifices because that what was in the law that, that, that they were supposed to do. And if, I don't encourage you to go back and study in, in Leviticus all those feasts, and especially uh, Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23 has all those feasts there. If you want to look at the Passover and the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of the, the Tabernacles, it's all there in Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 through 36, the Bible says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of the Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. Verse 35, on the first day shall, on the first day shall be a holy co convection. Ye shall do no civil work therein. Seven days ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy uh, convection unto you, uh, 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 convocation. And ye shall offer an offering made by fire uh, uh, unto the Lord. And it is a solemn, uh, solemn assembly and ye shall do no uh, 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 servile work therein. So it says here that it's an assembly. So this feast of the tabernacles was an assembly. So it's something that the Jews did. It was in the law and it's something that they went to do. And that's why Judea was brought up because that's where they would go. And we're going to look, uh, look at that here in, in just a moment in John chapter 5. Taking a moment from location for just a minute, if you recall in those first two verses, one of the things that we talked about was the Jews sought to kill Jesus. And I want us to just refresh our minds as to why they want to kill Jesus. And if you were recalling John chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, and 15 and 16 kind of helps explain that. In John chapter 5, Jesus went to Jerusalem. And there's a pool there, and this pool would be stirred by an angel, and those that stepped into this pool would be healed of whatever infirmity, whatever sickness or illness that they had. And there was a man there who never got to get in the pool because the infirmity that he had would not allow him to walk himself and get inside the pool. And Jesus heals, the, heals this man. And, and it says there in John chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. He's pretty much saying, I am healing you. Jesus says, Take up your bed and start walking. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That's the key. Skip it down in John chapter 5 to verse 15. The Bible says, The man departed, that's the man who was healed, and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. 
And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. So that's why the Jews are out to kill Jesus, because he performed this miracle of healing on the Sabbath day, and they didn't like it. They're looking at the law. They're interpreting the law and saying, you can't do that on the law. And Jesus is basically going to break all that down here in just a moment in John chapter 7. Just to remind you, if you remember that study, that's what happened. They're at the pool. Jesus heals this guy. He goes walking. He's miraculously healed. They find out that it's Jesus, and they said, you can't do that on the Sabbath day, and they want to kill him. Back to John chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. The Bible says, His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. So this, I believe, is his, if his, is his brothers, the, the other children of Mary. That these are his blood relatives there. And I don't know if there's some jealousy going on, some little spites there, so some anger going on. That's my speculation. But it's not speculation to say that they didn't believe in Jesus. It says it right there in verse 5. They did not believe in Jesus. So they're saying, Go. Go to the feast, Jesus, show people. Anybody that does something in secret, that's not good. You should tell the whole world who you are. And you can almost hear sarcasm in their voice when they're telling him. Because they didn't believe that Jesus, their brother, was the Christ, which he is. He was. So he's saying, go down to Judea. Go down to this feast. Go into the synagogue. Show the world who you are, brother. If, and they did not believe that he was Jesus Christ. They didn't believe in him. You know, going back to the Old Testament, I, I, I really like l- looking at Old Testament prophecies or references to what we're talking about now in John. It's very exciting to me. So, Psalms chapter 69, verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. And I believe that's kind of what's going on here now. That, that, that they don't believe him. They're kind of giving him some reproach. They're, they're, they're kind of having some, some snide remarks towards Jesus not believing him. And that was prophesied here in Psalms uh, chapter 69. He said he's a stranger. He's an alien to the mother of his own children. His, 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 bre- his brother's there. Continuing on in John chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. Then Jesus said unto them, speaking to his brothers here, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Or is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he said these things, excuse me, when he said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. So he's, he's pretty much saying, you guys go. My time has not yet come. It's not my time to come. Now we're going to see here in a minute, Jesus goes secretively. But to me, I, I feel like he's kind of talking about that triumphant entry where Jesus comes to Jerusalem. And now is the time when he is going to do all those things and fulfill that prophecy and be crucified. He said, that time is not here. My time is not yet full come. And he says here, which is very interesting to me, he said, the world cannot hate you. Why? Because his brothers were worldly. They were in the world. It said, the world hates me because I testify of all the wrong that it is, all the evil that it is. And that's so true today. Jesus, his word says the same thing. The world hates Jesus. Why? Because Jesus tells them all the bad that it is, all the evil that is going on. Those that are worldly and not 
spiritually that's evil and that's wrong and he's pretty much telling telling his brothers look you guys you you guys are of the world so your time is always ready you're always constantly in the world and thinking about the world he said the world hates me because i testify of it that the things that it does are wrong and he's pretty much just kind of rebuking his brothers there he said you guys go up, up, up to to the feast i'm not gonna go going back to that feast or why they're telling him to go go to Judea while he's kind of pressuring that if you see in John John chapter 5 verse 1 if you recall that that feast there after the, after this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem so that's why they're going to Jerusalem because that's where you went when it was feast time when it was the Passover when it was feast of weeks when it was the feast of of a tabernacle there you would go to J- Jerusalem which is in Judea Deuteronomy 16, 16, the Bible says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord, thy God, in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, in the feast of, 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 of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So these are commandments that the Jews are, are going to. We're just studying it so, so we better understand where this is coming from, why they're making this trek, why they're traveling to Judea, to Jerusalem, the place that God has chosen. The other thing that I, I like to point out, which I know Ian has talked about this in his studies of the book of John, that we recall that this book of John is kind of primarily written to the, the, the Gentiles. And you can tell that from that language where it says the feast of the Jews in the beginning of John chapter seven, it said, now there was a feast of the Jews, the feast of the, of the uh, tabernacles. So we kind of understand the primary audience better that John is writing to here in the book of John map. So, his brethren went down here to Judea towards near Jerusalem, at Jerusalem or near Jerusalem. John chapter 7 doesn't say specifically, but that's the trek. That's the journey that his brothers are taking. And we'll see in a minute, Jesus comes secretively, and that's where they're traveling. So that way, when we in the middle of the, of the chapter, it's, it's important to me to understand where they're at. That's where we're going to be at when Nathan picks up here. We're going to be in Judea. <clears throat> John chapter 7, now in verse 10. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, concerning Jesus. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake or spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. So Jesus goes secretively. And then when his brethren get there, they're like, where's Jesus? Why is he not here? It's the feast, isn't it? This is what we're supposed to do. This is where we're supposed to be here in Judea. It's a simple question. We want to kill him. Where's he at? Why is he not here? And then there is this statement that they're murmuring. They're talking about Jesus. He's stirring the pot. He's got all these things going on with the way he's teaching and the things he's doing and the miracles he's performing. And it says here that some were saying that he's a good guy. He's a good man. Some were saying he's not, not a good man. But here's the thing. Verse 13 says, How be it no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews because the Jews wanted to kill him. And that's, that's, that's kind of understandable some. The Jews wanted to kill Jesus, so even those that said he was good, they didn't do it openly. They're kind of like, uh, like, uh, like um, Nicodemus in John 3, kind of at night, kind of secretively. But I highlighted that blue so we can kind of think and make some practical applications for ourselves. Do we not speak openly because of fear? Do you not talk to people about Jesus because you're afraid you're going to get bullied or teased 
or persecuted. These are just things that I want us to think about. There's times in my life where I didn't exactly speak about Jesus because I thought somebody wasn't going to like it. Here's a Jesus freak. Let's not listen to this guy. Do we not do these things openly or do we do them because of fear? Because we should not have any fear to preach God's word and to tell people about Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with fear. I mean, you, I, I fear when I'm in the car, Miranda's driving. There's, there's a level of fear there. So that's a natural thing. But when it comes to this, neither one of them, whether it was bad or good, they kept it silent because for fear of the Jews. Now I want us to just make sure that in our lives, we don't have that same thing. We don't keep Jesus balled up inside and keep him to ourselves. We open the ball and we share him, regardless of whether we're afraid or fear people teasing us or mocking us or bullying us. Continuing on in John chapter 7, verse 14, the Bible says, Now about the, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up in, into the temple. And, taught, said, and, and about the middle of the feast is what that means. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he taught. So now it's not secret anymore. Here's Jesus and Jesus' teaching. And the Jews, so, some of those Jews there marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters having never learned? It's, it's kind of remarkable. It would be remarkable because he's not a scribe or a Pharisee, but Jesus knows everything. I mean, he's teaching accurately things because most of the time those things are talking about him and he's preaching and he's teaching those things, those prophecies. I am the Christ. I have been crucified or I am the Christ. I am come here for you. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. And it's just a reminder about who Jesus is. Jesus is God. Jesus is equal with God. He is the son of God. That when he's in the flesh, they're speaking to these people. He said, don't marvel that I've got this knowledge and, and never learned. It's, it's not from me. It's from God. I'm here to do God's will. And it reminded me of John chapter 1 when we started all this study here in the book of John where it says John 1 in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the, the same was in the beginning with God. Skipping down John chapter 1 and verse 14, the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. That's what they're beholding right now. Those people in that synagogue and are being taught by Jesus are beholding glory. They're beholding, beholding the Son of God, full of grace and truth. And that's who Jesus is. And, and, and we may not feel like we need those reminders, but I like to hear those reminders. That's who Jesus is. He said, the doctrine that I'm teaching you now is from God. I'm here to do God's will. John chapter 7, verse 17, the Bible says, If any man will do his will, God's will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So he's just explaining this. He's like, I'm not speaking these things of myself. I'm not making this stuff up. He said, I'm not seeking my glory. This is for the glory of God. And he says, and if you knew God, you would know my doctrine. If you know God, you will know the things that I teach are accurate. The things that I teach, there's no unrighteousness in it. It's all truth. It's all grace. It's all righteousness. And he's teaching these people who Jesus is. In verse 19, it said, Did Moses not give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? And that's a profound statement to me. They want to kill Jesus because he violated the Sabbath. And Jesus, I don't believe it was sarcastic wise, but he's pretty much saying, Moses gave you the law, and the, the law, the God gave Moses the law, and Moses gave the people the law. And it says, 
but you guys don't even keep the law, but you want to use the law to kill me? He said, that's just silly. He said, you guys don't even keep the law, but you want to, inv- you want to kind of invoke the law in order to, to kill me? That's like me driving around 95 miles an hour all, all the time and then want to give you a ticket for 80 miles an hour. It's, it makes no sense. He's saying, you guys have the law, you have Moses, but you don't keep the law. But you want to kill me because you think I broke the law. It makes no sense. The people answered and said, thou hast a, a devil who goeth about to kill thee. It's a question mark there, as you see. And it says some of the, some of the people there may not have been affiliated, may not have known what was going on then. And it says, you have, you have a devil who's going about to kill thee. Kind of like, who, who wants to kill you? What are you talking about? He said, are you sure you're understanding? So you have a devil? Are you crazy? You know, who's wanting to kill you? And then he goes and explains it further. And then those Jews that are at that synagogue understand. They say, who's wanting, to, who's wanting to kill you? And then he explains why. John chapter 7, verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. So Jesus, is, he's, he's teaching and it's wonderful. You'd like to be there when he's teaching, wouldn't you? And he says there, he said, I've done one work, okay? Done one thing. And you all marvel. How could he do this? How could he do this on the Sabbath? Heal this man. Then he says, Moses gave you circumcision. And to clarify, when it says, not because it was of Moses, because it was the fathers. If you recall our study in the book of, of, of Genesis, that's God gave Abraham that, that, that circumcision there. That's when that started, that covenant there. And you're going to have this covenant with God, Abraham. And that circumcision went along with that covenant. The circumcision was just in the law as well. And Moses gave the law. And the Moses' law said, on the eighth day, you will circumcise like the fathers did. Just to clarify that for a moment. Verse 23 in John chapter 7 says, If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? And that means I made this guy completely well. Do you see the comparison? It's almost like just think about it for a moment. You want to kill me because I made this man every bit whole. Now, if you perform this work of circumcision, and you circumcise someone on the Sabbath day, Sabbath day, doing circumcision, that's okay. He said, but I have healed this man. I have healed him of his infirmities. I have made him every bit whole. And you guys want to kill me because of that? He said, you're circumcised someone on the eighth day so you can sanctify them unto God. He said, I'm performing this miracle to glorify God. He's saying, judge not, verse 24, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. He's trying to get them to understand. He said, you're, you're making this comparison. Circumcision on the Sabbath day is fine. But me healing this man and making him well is not fine? That's not jiving. It's not correct. He said, your judgment is askewed. And I believe their judgment is askewed because many of them just did not like what Jesus was doing. Didn't want Jesus to take over. They wanted to remain the Pharisees. They wanted to remain in charge. They keep their traditions of men that they had made commandments. But Jesus here is pretty much making this, this comparison here circumcision on the sabbath okay me healing this man on the sabbath not they said that just doesn't make sense use judgment righteous judgment and we know that everything that jesus did was righteous verse 25 kind of in closing here uh, 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 for tonight john chapter 7 verse 25 through through 27 then then the bible says in verse 25 and then says some of them of jerusalem is not this he of whom they seek to kill but lo he speaketh boldly and they say nothing unto him 
do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? That probably didn't sit well with some of those guys because they wanted to kill him. They're not claiming him as Jesus Christ. And they're saying, this guy's speaking very boldly, very plainly, talking about circumcision and the fathers and all these things and these miracles that he's done. And he's saying, but they're not taking him off the, the, the pulpit or the stage or whatever was there. They're not taking him down. He said, maybe they do believe that this is a Christ. This is how be it in verse 27, how be it we know this man when, whence he is or where he came from. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth where he is. So there's still that uncertainty. And Jesus kind of clarifies that some. Then cried Jesus loudly, I assume, in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not. That's probably doesn't sit well with a lot of those Jews because now he's saying you don't know God you don't keep the law of Moses he said I know God and I keep the law of Moses but I know him for I am from him and he hath sent me verse 30 then they sought to take him but no man laid hands on him because his hour has not yet come Jesus hour has not yet come so they're not going to lay, lay hands on him but he's crying out he's telling these people I know who I am I am sent from God I know God and he knows me he sent me to do his will listen to me and it almost makes you just want to plead with those people there it's like listen to Jesus quit but they don't because they're kind of set in their ways and they don't like the things that Jesus is, is, is shaking up and turning the world upside down. And, and Lord willing, next week, Brother Nathan will complete this chapter 7 and it's an intricate chapter. But the good thing is, or the important thing is, is that we continue to, to, to study the book of John. Be here on Wednesday nights. Don't miss these studies because guess what I did? I went back three times. I went back to John chapter 5 and John chapter 6 because they connect and they go back and forth. And you have to remember the, the, uh, those events as we go through and we teach and we understand God's word better. As, I, I, as I've said before, the book of John is a wonderful book. It is an amazing book. As Nathan pointed out on Sunday, it's different from the uh, other Gospels. It's, it's interesting. It's fascinating. It's wonderful. It's edifying and benefiting for us. And I hope the study has been that way for you today. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, if you have never obeyed the Gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you wish to be baptized, to become a Christian, to rise and walk in the newness of life, we have water right here behind me. And this water is ready. If you wish to take that step and become that servant of Christ, that you believe that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God, just like Peter said back in John chapter 6, we've, we're, we're ready to help you take that step and become that child of God. If you are a child of God, if you are a disciple, someone following Jesus Christ, but you've kind of gotten off the beaten path, you've kind of strayed some, or you've got stress or something in your life that's, that's kind of dragging you down, this is a place of healing. This is where we can help and get it fixed. And we want to pray for you or help you in any way that we can. If you would, come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.